Real Light with Crystal Fry and Susan Price. And today we'll be picking back up with our three C series, beginning <laughs> with competition. Competition. Oh, this is a good one because last week we talked about comparison, mm-hmm. which was also a good one because it's something that we tend to do a lot. Yep. And this week's competition. And this yep. one hits home a little bit because I am super competitive. I don't know about you. Mm, I know you are. <laughs> I know you are too, actually. I'm pretty competitive too. (laughs) Yeah. So, Crystal, y'all, we played a game one time. What was that game called? I wish I knew. It was kind of like Scattergories or something, right? Yeah, it was like this game, and it it gave you like a word or something you had to act out. And so we acted acted out. (laughs) Acted out. Acted out. Acted out. And then they would uh, have to guess it, and then you were on a timer, and you had to hand it to the next person. See, that's what messes you up. When you're on a timer, you start sweating. You're like all nervous. You're like, ah! Yes, yes. (laughs) And we broke. The machine. Yes. I'm glad you said we, because it wasn't just me. I'm not sure how it happened. It just slid on that hardwood <laughs> floor and shattered. Um. Yeah, so we're both competitive. Mm-hmm. We both have a very competitive nature. <clears throat> but competition is huge, because I think a lot of people are competitive. And I honestly think it's something that we learn at a young age. Like, I didn't even really realize this until I started thinking about competition today. And how we teach our kids about being competitive mm-hmm. at a young age, as far as, like, doing something better or making sure they're perfect at something. You know what I mean? Like you're always teaching them to be a little bit more competitive. Yeah. I mean, even if your kids are in sports, you are teaching them that right off the get-go. And if you're not, the coaches are. But just by them being a part of that, they're learning to be competitive. And they come home upset if they don't win. I mean, we literally play Uno every night almost at the dinner table. While we're eating dinner. Mm. And I, I, this is a little secret, but when my husband wins, he, like, does a little dance. Because <laughs> he's super competitive, too. And I'm always like, mm, mm, you know? Quit rubbing it in and sit down. <laughs> yes. So, on to the story that we've talked about. It's on Leah and Rachel. Mm -hmm. And last week was on the comparison where it was talking about Leah and Rachel were compared, their beauty was compared. And they kind of compared um, their, their walks. Well, now it's competition. And so, the competition that we see is that they are in competition of basically the conception of Jacob's children. Um... So, Leah can have kids. Mm -hmm. Rachel cannot. And in Scripture, uh, Genesis 30 on 1, it says 30, uh, chapter 30, verse 1. It says, when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. Her own sister. So, she envied her sister. So, tell me something. What do you think the root of competition is sometimes? Jealousy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's jealous that her sister is fruitful. Yes. And able to multiply. And that is a desire of hers. And so, not to mention, it's by her husband, too. Yes. So, you hear your sister is having children with your husband. Yes. So, I mean, I can see the jealousy thing, but I definitely feel like jealousy is the root of co- um, comparison and competition. Absolutely. So, 
especially in this story, but anytime, um, because you are looking at someone else's race that they're running, Mm -hmm. and instead of focusing on your own and what God has in store for you, you get sidetracked Mm -hmm. and are focused on someone else's, and you're totally missing out because of jealousy on the opportunities God has placed in front of you. But it's so hard to get wrapped up in that. So a little outline of this story is Leah had kids, Rachel's jealous, gives her servant to Jacob to have kids. Jacob has kids with her servant. And then um, Leah, in turn, gets jealous and gives her servant to Jacob to have kids. And it's like this battle, you know, back and forth. And sometimes I think that's the own battle in our heads when we're so competitive against Mm -hmm. other people. And Jacob, meanwhile, he's over there living it up. I mean... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Like, we've got four wives now. Yes. We have kids with everybody. I mean, yeah. this is like we talked about last week. And they say the Bible's boring. No, no. it's not. It's, it's pretty It's pretty juicy and good sometimes. So. It is, especially this story. Yes. I mean, you know, she was saying how... Leah was saying how... Because God sees my misery, you know, mm-hmm. now I want another child because I'm not loved. And she said, now he'll be attached to me because I've given him three sons. So it was mm-hmm. like nothing was good enough. She wanted more. Uh, so there goes. That's another thing with competition, though, right there. Uh-huh. It's like when you're looking at your own walk and you're like, well, this this was good and now this isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. I need something better. Yep. And then you're constantly focused on what more Instead of being focused on what you have. Yep, absolutely. And um, we get caught up into that very often, I think, if we're not very careful about it. I truly believe that competition causes chaos. Oh, absolutely. Chaos in our minds, for sure. Yeah. Our Uh minds are scatterbrained for sure when we're sitting here comparing ourselves, when we're competing with everyone around us and trying to be the best that there is. Well, and I feel like our mind already is almost like a... It, it, it is a battlefield. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a battlefield for the enemy to get in and start attacks in yep. different areas. But I think when it comes to competition and we allow that to set in, that chaos that's created is almost like its own internal, like, warf, warf zone, you know? Yeah. So um, I had said, you know, the root of competition, I believed, was envy and jealousy and stuff like that. And... I think the scripture in 1 Corinthians, and we've actually talked this about one of our women's nights before, but it's the love is patient, love is kind. Mm-hmm. And it says love um, does not envy, it does not boast. And we actually had shared in that scripture, because you put your name in that area and say like Crystal um, is patient, Crystal is kind, Crystal does not envy, Crystal does not boast. And it's like, when you think of it in that aspect of like putting your own name there, like, are you showing love? Because like in this instance where these two sisters who are, you know, blood and flesh are arguing. But I mean, I I also know how much of, how hard that could be. I mean, you're both married to the same man. You know what I mean? I would be like not, yeah, it would be not, a constant competition of who gets the attention. What a struggle! Yeah, could you imagine waking up to that every single day, no. knowing like, what can I do to please him? What can I do to make him want me or or want to be with me? Yeah. 
um, you know, they both wanted kids, and Leah was blessed and had them. But all she really wanted was for Jacob to love her, which is exactly why she wanted to keep having children with him. Because it's like, maybe just one more. He'll love me. Just one more. And, you know, and then Rachel's over here. She's just wanting one child. And, you know, at the end, she said, I have had a great struggle with my sister and have won. That's actually in scripture. She says, and I have won. So she thinks that she's won the competition right there. That was, um, that was scripture. I had wrote that down, Genesis 38. And it said, then Rachel said, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. It's like a struggle. Like, uh-huh. you're serious. Like, she's been, she thinks that this competition is like, it's something that she's winning at. And I, that, oh my goodness. And I feel like that is completely how we feel sometimes in life is that we, we have to win. But uh-huh. the truth doesn't matter. Like, we don't have to win anything. God, we've already won everything when, when Jesus died on the cross for us. Like, there's, there's no, um, it's not a game. Like, there's nothing to win. There's no battle to be won. There's no competition to be, a race to be run, you know, besides your own. Like, there, you've already won, you know? But I think that we, when we see it as in that, like, I've prevailed, I've won, like, um, you know, um, I've wrestled and, and kind of conquered this. Like, what we conquer is our our own battle Mm -hmm. like we can't conquer someone else's and we're not meant to run that like how tiring yeah you can tell in this scripture how tired they get from like fighting against each other constantly yeah and then they're bragging on who's won or who's got better and done this and it's draining draining like trying to keep up with the joneses so they say i mean i agree i completely agree why do you why do you think that we we try to compete to get to where someone else is instead of, like, focusing on our own walk. Like, why do you think that we even, like, put our attention in those areas? A lot of times I think it's for that appearance, like mm-hmm. the acceptance of other people yeah. or, you know, wanting to be better or than other people yeah. or, or strive to be better than other people. I don't know. That's a hard question because I think we all have different reasons behind it. But um, I think a lot of people just hate losing. Very true. I mean, we see that. I think there's a good competition when it comes to some things. But then there's, like, boundaries with other life things that you Mm -hmm. deal with that you have to say, like, this isn't a competition. Like, this isn't a game. Like, my life is not a game. This is something that God has chosen for me. This is something that he has paved out for me. Like, it's not a game, you know? Like, is it that we're looking at our life as a game? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like robotic figures walking around, like programmed. Yeah. It's almost like we've just got this idea in our heads, and our goal daily is to compete with other people and outdo them. Always trying to outdo somebody else for what they are. When in reality, like you had mentioned, like their God's purpose for them in their life, that's his purpose for them. We're not supposed to be trying to outdo them or even do as good as them in yeah. that season because that's for them, not you. I think I had read, um, I know that I've read this one time, but it's talking about how the only person that you're in competition with is the person that you look in the mirror Mm. at every day that's true like that's the only person that you should be worried about making better that you should be worried about like um being better than you were the day before Mm -hmm. you know we have to stop living our lives um 
how by how someone else lives their lives and that's a lot of times what we're doing we're caught up in how they're living so we want to live the same way or we see what they have and feel like they're living a great lifestyle we're not seeing what's behind those doors and so a lot of times when we're trying to compete with that and we're getting bits and pieces we see quickly like this isn't as easy as it looks or you know, this is not what it really is. And right. I don't know. Like, I, the only thing we should be competing for is just ourselves and our relationship with God and it just giving Him all the glory and the praise and spending yeah. that time with Him. There, there's no competition. And we should be focusing on making ourselves better. I think that's where we get so distracted off of, like, <clears throat> when we are focused on someone else's walk, um, how we get so off course of our own and then I think I might have even said this but how we miss out on so much that God has for us and I know that he gives back for us like miss time but the fact of the matter is is those things that we're walking that's not meant for us are not going to be fruitful Mm-mm. you know and um, I mean I'm sure I have done it in my own life thinking about it how many you know how many times in the past, like, that competitive nature side of us goes into um, something that it's not supposed to be. Yeah. I'm guilty of that, too, though. I mean, we all are. Yeah. I think that um, we talked about, or I talked about that scripture, love. Like, love mm-hmm. is patient, love is kind. And I think genuinely um, being happy for people exactly where they are, yeah. I feel like that's love. Oh, yeah. Loving someone and celebrating their success. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. You should be happy for them that they are where they're at right now because your time's coming. Just hold on. But you know what? Being very transparent right now, I have been in both places where I have been completely happy for someone celebrating their success, like cheering them on 100%, mm-hmm. like so excited for them. But I have also been in a place where I hadn't, you know, completely seen my where or what's going to happen and like kind of been in like a stuck place where I'm like but I don't want to be happy Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and so I feel like we could find ourselves in both places um have you been have you felt that way totally guilty of that too so let's see here let's let's change this to like why do you how do you think that when we are in those places of just not feeling like being genuinely happy and showing that love for others like how how do we get out of that place? Prayer, obviously. I mean, because it's, it's a heart problem, for one. Right. And, and then we need a change of heart, direction of our heart needs to go somewhere else. But just I, other than just practicing being happy for people where they're at. Yeah. And, and I think, too, knowing that when we celebrate other people in a way that's it's almost like we're surrendering over to God too, because it's like, okay, I can celebrate them where they're at yeah, and trust that you have a plan for me mm-hmm. and continue to serve you and celebrate them. No matter if they have something that I've been longing for for so long, yeah. but I'm going to trust you and hold on 
you know, and just putting that hope in that relationship with, with God and, and that prayer time too. Mm-hmm. What I think, would you say? I think we grow in celebration. Mm. That's exactly what came to my head. Like we grow in celebration. So, I mean, I think we grow anywhere we are, and I think we learn so much from if we take that opportunity and what's happening in our lives at that moment, and sometimes we don't and sometimes we do, but I feel like any time that especially we are in a season where maybe we're not seeing so much fruit and maybe we're in a waiting season or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, and we're seeing people around us just... um, succeeding and 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 there's things going around us that are that other people are just like happy and we can't find our own happiness but truly you know that's because we're trying to find our own happiness probably in ourselves Mm -hmm. but celebrating um those around us I feel like helps us grow no matter where we are Mm -hmm. like in any season that we are so I think celebration is almost um it's necessary it is necessary. Yeah. And in our own lives, when we accomplish something or we are surrendering over something or we're able to make a step closer to, you know, our walk with God and, and changing who we are, we should celebrate every step of the way with that, too. And I think yeah. it's important. I think celebration teaches us also gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know what I was, I was trying to say is that I think there's freedom. Mm-hmm found in being satisfied with where you are. Mm. Well, and that brings me to the scripture. Uh, Galatians 6, 4, it says, Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Mm. That's good. Yeah. I think it definitely teaches us that, I mean, the satisfaction we're seeking isn't supposed to be our own. It's supposed to be God. Yeah. Well, we, that as humans, we get caught up in, um, I think, not constantly thinking about why are we here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, and that's with anything because you've got a job, you've got a family, you've got things that you have to take care of, you've got friendships, you've got other relationships. And so I think that every second of every day, we forget to think, like, this is, I'm not here for mm-hmm. myself. Right. I'm here to serve, to be obedient, mm-hmm. um, to be his child, and to live out whatever that may be that he needs me to do while I'm here. And so it's almost kind of like constantly reminding ourselves, like, the satisfaction that we get for anything has to come from him right. and be from him. I think that gives us a closure, too, when we put that satisfaction or find that satisfaction mm-hmm. in him, too. Is that freedom? That contentment and freedom. Yeah. yeah. We're able to break down those walls of competition with those things. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I have one more verse I want to share. Yeah, absolutely. It's Ecclesiastes 4.4. 4, uh-huh. And it says, Then I observe that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors, but this too is mm. meaningless, like chasing the wind. And so when I read that, I was like, chasing the wind. Like, how do you even chase the wind? So, which, which proves the point. Like, it's, <laughs> there's no point in it. Like, stop stop trying to chase after other people's success. There's no point. Yeah. I mean, that I like that. Yeah. Actually, I really actually like that a lot. Because it's true. I mean, there's there isn't any point in chasing the wind. There's no <laughs> point in There's no satisfaction in it. There's no point in it. No. I mean, you're not going to get anywhere. No. So... You know, be content and be happy with where you are and what right. you're doing in your own race. Um, I, I 
Yeah. You can agree. I can agree. <laughs> well, I definitely, just the story alone reading it makes me want to step back and think before, like when my mind wanders off to those places by judging other people and their success or where they're at currently or if they have something that I've been wanting and just in general, trying to celebrate them where they're at mm-hmm. and um, trusting in God that he's going to work out the plan he has laid out for me. Yeah. Focused, focus, stay focused on your own race. Mm-hmm. I think in the comparison thing or last time we said um, comparison leads to competition. Yep. And then comparison leads also to discontentment. Yep. But competition also leads to comparison. Right. And competition also leads to discontentment. And so I think that focusing on our own race mm-hmm. and any time that our eyes get off of that, trying to reevaluate where we are and taking that time to spend with God to get to where we want to be right. with Him. Make sure that that competitive nature is directed towards positive things in our own race versus someone else's right keep your eyes on your own race there you go all right guys well we hope that you have enjoyed the podcast today we will be back next week with the last c Mm -hmm. contentment (laughs) yes and um make sure that you guys subscribe to the podcast yep we can't wait to talk to you next week bye bye